Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And today we are going to discuss Metal and Bone, which is our second mythic fiction and is by T. Kingfisher, which was published in 2022 through Tor Publishing. T. Kingfisher is the pseudonym for Ursula Vernon. She was born in Japan, is an American citizen, and grew up in Oregon and Arizona. Nettle and Bone won the Hugo Award. The plot is Mara is the youngest princess who was sent to a convent when the husband of both of her first two sisters did not want to risk competition for their kingdom. But as the truth about that prince comes to light, Mara makes the decision to save her sister. In the process, she gathers up the most unlikely crew for her quest. So, just as a reminder, mythic fiction is rooted in, inspired by, or in some way draws from the tropes, themes, and symbolism of myth, legend, folklore, and fairy tales. So, Kim, do you feel like this was pretty solidly a mythic fiction? Yeah. I mean, it was completely based on fairy tales, so. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, this is pretty much what I was picturing in my head when thinking of, like, mythic fiction, other than just Greek mythology stories, like, it was this kind of thing or that. Um, so pretty, seemed pretty spot on. Okay. And so we're now two out of three of our mythic fiction books. How are you guys' feelings about the genre of mythic fiction? Still enjoying it? Not enjoying it as much? Surprised to be enjoying it? More of the it. surprised to be enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, Kim? I said I enjoyed it. Okay, but is it like a surprised enjoyment or were you expecting to enjoy it? Expecting to enjoy it. Okay. I've been waiting to read Nettle and Bone for years, so. But like the cool. book or just <laughs> mythic fiction in general are we talking about? Mythic fiction in general. Okay. In terms of like enjoyment and surprise. Like I knew I would enjoy mythic fiction because I've read lots of mythic fiction. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy mythic fiction. Um, I know for you, Sarah, you weren't so sure because you weren't sure that you had read a lot of mythic fiction and would then therefore like it. And then it seems like I actually have read quite a bit of mythic fiction, but also have gotten tired of it. So again, still kind of surprised um, so far. That you're enjoying these ones because you thought you were yeah. tired of mythic fiction? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, starting with the plot, how did we feel about this book? Sarah. <laughs> oh, God, I was so bored at the start of this book. Like, I definitely thought it was going to be a struggle. And it was a bit of a struggle for the first half. Or however long it takes Mara to kind of meet and interact with the dust witch um because that's when things started picking up for me and turning around before then I was like oh god this is going to be like a two-star read and typically if I've already decided on my like rating by the time we've hit the halfway <laughs> point that book is toast but I mean you know what it turned it around um it definitely developed the plot better than what I was kind of expecting. Like, oh, girl has to defeat evil man, goes on an adventure, gains powers, beats him by herself, 
and saves okay. the day and all that. I do want to correct. She is most definitely not a girl because she is 30 years old. 30 Shut years the old, fuck yeah. up. She's younger than me. <laughs> She's a girl. Listen, she, she, I, there aren't too many times that I'm going to be like, no, you shouldn't label someone as a girl versus a woman. But like, I feel like it's very key in this because it definitely changes the tone of the story. The fact that this is a 30 year old woman doing this as opposed to say the typical 17, 18, 19 year old girl. I mean, that definitely helps too, plot wise, having yeah. older characters. Um, so that, that's but, the only I reason mean, why I was corrected. Yeah, was, <laughs> the general trope is seventeen-year-old girl has to go and on an adventure and discover her inner power of magic, or you know, find a magical artifact or something that makes her powerful, and then just like kablamo on the enemy at the end. And I do have to say though, I love the reluctant thirty-year-old heroine. Because there is just something so accurate about a 30-year-old who's like, I don't want to go do this thing. There's nothing special about me. But, like, if I don't do it, no one else will. That's so what I happens just... in your 30s. It's like, well, <laughs> fuck, someone's going to have to do it. And it's going to have to be me. And so I love it. And then there's this level of, throughout the, particularly in this one, throughout the entire thing, this, like, Am I actually succeeding at this? How do other people do this? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I, like, is this all just going to be a fuck up by the end of this? And, and it's not even like, there's no special power that magically makes it happen. Instead, it's just like trotting along, trying your best, and it all works out. And you're like, okay, cool. That's done. Uh, now what? Yeah. And she actually picks up a friend group that, like, their their contributions are relevant. Yes! And, and they're still not just all bolstering her for the end. It's more like, she's here, but this person's doing this. And, like, she doesn't even yeah. strike the final blow. So it was, it was a really well-developed plot, I think, with everything, the characters, and how it was unraveled. I love how it plays with what you would expect of a fairy tale. Because this felt like all the secondary characters in a fairy tale finally getting to be the main characters. The 40-year-old warrior. The old lady who deals with the dead. The not-so-good fairy godmother. The, the set third daughter who is essentially a nun like those are not usually your main characters and so i love that about this plot is you're kind of like you know i want to root for these guys because they normally don't get the spotlight light like this and i want them to succeed so yeah what were your thoughts on the plot kim the only complaint i had about the plot and it's not even that it's true but it felt like she didn't have a lot of agency so she wasn't she being Mara, the main character, I didn't really feel like she was the one pushing everything along. Um, however, she was. She was the one that chose to leave the convent. She was the one that decided that she needed to save her sister. She was the one that decided, um, after some suggestions, to go find the, the um, 
Dust Witch? Yeah, Dust Witch. Thank you. I couldn't figure that out. Lady Fox. Yeah, Lady Fox. Um, you know, so so yes, she she had agency. It just didn't feel like she had agency. And I think it was because she spent so much time talking about how um unworthy she was of what she was doing. So that that kind of that would be my one complaint. The rest of it I loved. I don't know. Some being someone who's in my thirties, honestly, it was like it was relatable. <laughs> the scene where she's like talking about how she wouldn't know how to find like buy eggs and like it's like mystifying that like Fenris or whatever can just like go up and start talking oh and being like, Yeah. It's like, yep, yep, that's yep. That is extremely <laughs> relatable. I was like, yeah, just, how do people do that? Just just engage in conversation. They don't overthink it. Are there people out there who do not overthink everything they do? Um, That's heading into character. So we will yeah. wait plot. So. Oh, fuck the you. Um, how do you rate the plot? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with an eight and a half. Eight and a half? Okay. Sarah. I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. I'm going to go with a 10. I love this. Uh, okay. So main characters, who, who do we want to classify as the main characters here? Mara. I feel very safe saying Mara. Anyone Maybe else? Just Mara. I That's what like I was thinking is Lady Fox. Have, like, those two the partnership for the longest time so they see i would i would do the main group um and and then i would make the animals the um supporting characters because i just love those fucking animals um that works for me does that work for you sarah yeah i guess so okay so we'll we'll talk about the Core human groups. So Mara, Fenris, Agnes, and uh, Lady Fox. Um, I just, personally, I love them all. There isn't one of them, and this is my second time list reading it, and I actually listened it to this this time. And each time, I am equally interested in all four characters throughout the entire thing. Even when I know what's going to happen, I still am so invested in what each of them is doing and what each of them brings to the story. Do you guys agree? I agree. I I thought I was not going to like Agnes when she was first introduced. I'm like, why are we going there? She seemed like in the very beginning she was just going to be a repeat of Lady Fox. Um, but then she ended up absolutely not being that and and i love the opposite almost yeah the opposite almost and i love the fact that she was all like "Ah," you know kind of ditzy 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 but then there's this underlying thing that is clearly not ditzy and um and it's never i mean it is kind of called out in the very end but throughout it's never really called out but you can feel it in the way she acts that that while she's pretending like things aren't purposeful you can kind of feel that they are well and i love the fact that she spends so much time trying so hard to appear to be a fairy godmother and lady fox is like you know you'd be stronger if you didn't 
She's like, I don't, I don't want to be stronger. I want to be liked. Yep. And Lady Fox is like, that's silly. That's not, not practical. You could be powerful. And she's just like, ah, no, I don't want to. And then she has this big moment and everyone remembers her as not herself. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I will be honest, like, while I relate to Mara, I feel like I am an Agnes. <laughs> um, where there is how I want to appear to people. There is then when I have my moments where I'm like in my element and how I actually appear. And then I go back to just being myself and people are like, wait, that's you? <laughs> These are the same people? And it's like, yeah, I am me. Just because I don't use the full force of my powers against you doesn't mean that either of those things is not true. So, I appreciate Agnes. Also, I'm going to add on reverse, I feel like Sarah is totally a Lady Fox. <laughs> I was going to say the Dust Witch was my favorite. Um, <laughs> but, like, I did not I did not like all of them equally, that was for sure. Like, Dust Witch was pretty high up there. I did like Agnes pretty quickly. Mara was like, she was the relatable character, but I didn't have much feelings about her beyond that. Um, mm -hmm. I did like that she was, you know, an older, not older, but, you know, more mature character for the main Middle-aged. No, you don't um, like that, Sarah? Yeah, or you don't like the correlation to self? <laughs> technically the character younger than me is middle-aged yes um moving past that horrifying thought um and then there was Fenris who honestly was pretty bland to me like I liked him I thought he was a good character I, say, good I really person, liked Fenris but like I just his I found him less compelling than the other well Mar I, yeah, I don't really know about Mara. If she wasn't the main character, I would probably find her the least compelling of the crew. Because um, in my head, she was mainly the she was the main character. Everyone else was the side characters, um, and so I ranked them accordingly. But uh, Fenris, yeah, I liked him, but he just didn't leave much of an impression with me in the end. Oh, there's so also Bone say... Dog. Oh, but we're not talking about no, Bone Dog. Yeah, 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 not yet. So I will say this about Fenris. This is the first time I read it. I was like, okay, he's there. He's doing his thing. He serves a purpose. The second time reading it, I was rooting so hard for him. Like there were just moments where I was like giggling and smiling to myself and like having those like kicking your feet kind of moments. Like, yes, dude, be patient. You'll win out in the end. You'll get the girl. It's like, I... I excuse like, me, the, excuse me. She is a he, woman. He'll get the woman. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but like... The second time, I appreciated him even more because, like, there are those subtle moments um, that the first time I think I, I knew of them, but, like, they didn't draw my attention. But this time listening to it again, and Kim and I actually discussed one of them where Mara asks him to come and lay back to back with her. And she's like, oh, man, you're a saint. And he goes, you have no idea. And I was like, dude, <laughs> fair. <laughs> So yeah, I like I, I liked him better the second time. Whereas I liked him 
a lot the first time. So I, I, I thought he was a great character. I really enjoyed him, but I love, I love the group more as a character. If you were to look at the group being kind of a character also, um, I liked their interactions. I liked the way he respected Lady Fox. I liked the way he took care of Agnes, the way he took care of Mara. Um, you know, he knew that Lady Fox didn't need any care whatsoever. And, and he was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be the big bad man. And he had no problems uh, cutting wood. If that was what he was there to do, okay, I'll cut wood. Um, and he did not mind being the thirst trap either. Like, he totally no, knew no. all these women are like, oh, this shirt's off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, as a group, I love them. I thought they, they um, for a writer to write five characters, right? That's five, yeah. Um, four. 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 Four for the mains. Yeah, you're thinking okay. of Bone Dog. We'll yeah. get there, though. No, I'm not thinking of Bone Dog. Nope. But for, for a writer to put that many characters in almost every scene, it's not every scene because there are scenes where, like, Mars, well, there's a lot of it where Mars by herself, but put four characters and to have them all interacting is actually really hard to write. So um, it, it, it was and growing to read and growing and all of them having their, their moments and, um, and the moments feeling natural, like, you know, they mm -hmm. were a natural prog progression throughout the story. Um, it's, I would suspect she plotted out all four characters development um, rather than, letting the supporting characters just kind of follow along. Yep. Any other thoughts on main characters? All right, Sarah, what do you rate them? Uh, I would rate this because I was thinking of a number beforehand that is definitely for sure. Um, I would rate them uh, i guess an eight okay kim i'm gonna give them a nine and a half i'm giving them a ten i mean like you left a review on goodreads and everything like i was like yeah, i really really like this one. Oh, i <laughs> i one i really enjoy this author she is funny she writes really diverse quirky things each time like i've read multiples of her stories and she doesn't stick to one genre um and there are sometimes there are books that i don't like as much as other ones but i still like her writing um so yeah no this one is like near and dear to my heart so like spoiler it's probably gonna be like all tens for me unless you guys create some really solid argument that makes me rethink something just like that's the likelihood okay so secondary characters that are the best characters ever okay i gotta know kim do you love the demon hen or bone dog more you're forgetting the chicken oh and finder sorry which one do you prefer the most i love them all equally no no you have to pick one i'm i'm you who's top ranking I'm going to go with Finder. 
okay. Just I know you guys won't pick Finder, so I don't want him to feel left out. So I'm going with Finder. <laughs> Sarah? The demon hen, obviously. This is so much about our personalities, because I love Bone Dog the best. Of course you do. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I had to love Bone Dog the best, because, like, he dies, and we all know I suffer from secondary character syndrome. Uh, <laughs> and then he comes back. Well, I guess he dies, and then he's made, and then he gets disassembled, and then he comes back. But, like... But no, I actually, I like all three of them as much as I like the main characters. They are each adorable in their own way. I love how no one really truly believed that Demon Hen was a Demon Hen. Until they saw the shadow. <laughs> Until they saw the shadow. And I love when they're like, well, what is Demon Hen's name? And Lady Fox is like, you don't, you don't invite trouble like that demons already have names i'm not gonna put a false name on it and I'm cause problems name it yeah it's a hen <laughs> meanwhile agnes is like but it's it's a chicken you must name a chicken <laughs> yep i loved it i loved it and then just bone dog being a dog but like not being able to bark and not actually like having actual <laughs> flesh because i gotta again got come in and, and defend fender Finder. Finder. Oh, I can't finder. even say his um, name right. I know, I'm tired. Um, whenever... Oh, it was when Agnes was deciding to go with um, with Lady Fox, and she goes, find me my safest place, and the, the little chicken just goes up and just starts banging up into her feet. <laughs> into, into Lady Fox's feet. And it's yeah. like, okay, okay, I get it. This is where I belong. And then... And, yeah, anyway, I thought it was adorable. I could just picture this little chicken just bopping against the foot. Yep, See, yep. My favorite, Murphy, don't. My favorite part, I think, when it comes to Finder is when Lady Fox is like, you you don't want to keep putting that rooster between your boobs. Like, mm -hmm. that's going to hurt. <laughs> and Agnes is like, listen, this is the most cock I've gotten in a long time. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> Yeah, they were cute. Great characters. Yes. Any other thoughts on them? No. No? Okay, Kim, what do you rate the secondary characters then? Ten. Ten? Okay. Sarah? 7.5. Why a 7.5? You don't like them as much as the main characters? I mean, I like the demon hen. It was... It added funny moments, but like Bone Dog was a whatever, dog, and Finder was in it for like thirty pages and barely did anything. So, I mean, it was cute. Found I'm them all like, their safe places, killed, but he found them all their safe places, and Bone yeah. Dog was very protective. Yeah, wow. but like that's I give it a ten. Okay. Thank you. Because even the main character, the secondary characters we didn't talk about, like the uh, woman with the puppet, the sister, like I felt like all of them, <laughs> the decrepit, dying fairy godmother, like I just like, I liked all of them too. So it's a 10 for me. Okay. Your least favorite category, guys. Plausibility. 
I mean, in this fairy tale world, everything seemed to proceed in a plausible enough manner. Um, the only thing that felt a little contrived is when the ancient godmother like cut off the tapestry and was like, here you go. This is not significant at all. <laughs> and then, you know, magically she managed to find their position based off of the stitches. And it was just, uh, that was the one thing where it definitely felt more fairy tale than the rest. Yeah, and just a little bit more forced by the author. Everything else kind of flowed in like a a way that you would reasonably expect, I guess. Like, it all made sense. And then that one part, it was like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that works. But I don't know. I oh. appreciated the fact that in that moment, we got to see that the thing that Mara is really good at served a purpose. She, she knew stitching. She knew, even though she didn't weave. She only she knew under stitching because she was going to have to look at a tapestry to find their way out of a tomb later. No, because she spent a lot of time bringing up, discussing, thinking about embroidery, stitching, all that kind of stuff. Um, it and it also, that helped her make the cape and make bone dogs. So I disagree with you that it was only for the ending there. We didn't even well i guess we did kind of see her make the cloak but like barely it was more of the just the spinning part is what it talked about and then bone and dogs that's what just... i would have liked in this is i would have liked the creation of bone dog and um the making of the the metal cape i would like that to have been more drawn out um more emphasis on the sacrifices she made while she was making them um yeah I, no, but i think it would have feel... been pretty harsh writing and i i think with that it then negates the the conversation later on when lady fox is like you know the whole purpose of impossible tasks is to deter you not for you to succeed i didn't want to do these things yeah, and, and so i, I, I did like oh but I was just say, and I really liked how the third task was like, just, just give me the jar. We'll get like we didn't have to go actually on a whole new quest for the moonlight. It was just like, you know what? Let's just get through these quests and focus on what you came here for. Um, and yet, and still get a true proper third impossible yeah. task, which is Mara bringing Bone Dog back to existence. Um. And I loved the fact that Mara recognized that that was truly her third impossible task. She, she, when Lady Fox helped her with the moonlight, she's like, this doesn't feel right. And then we get to the end and she's like, okay, no, this is, this is the third task I always had to do all along to finish my story. I had to remake Bone Dog. So. You're giving a funny look, Sarah. I guess. I mean, honestly, the more impossible task is killing the immortal king of the kingdom. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I guess she doesn't do that alone. But at the same time, it's like, that one seems significantly she, harder. Ultimately, she doesn't actually do it. She I know, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't do it alone. And she doesn't together. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I... I the, 
the the implausibility of this entire thing is what makes it delightful. Mm-hmm. So for it's me, the plausibility tale, is so. perfectly fine, and the yeah, and and the author legitimizes why everything makes sense. She doesn't just say this is the the evil fairy godmother so she's gonna do evil things we get the details as to why agnes struggles with that why she is potentially evil and that maybe all fairy godmothers are actually evil that all along fairy godmothers are just cursing you which then makes me rethink every single fairy tale i've ever read and i'm like nah that's that's pretty solid that every helpful fairy godmother is actually like a problem. <laughs> so I give plausibility a 10. Kim. Um, I'm going to go with seven and a half. Okay. Sarah. I'm going with seven. Okay. The ending. I love the ending. I thought it was sweet. I <laughs> I uh, uh I almost I came really close to crying for that one little tiny paragraph where we got where she was begging Bone Dog to come back to life. Um and then he did and that made me happy. And to know that these guys are going to, that these guys being Agnes and Fenris are just going to go off and uh, rescue everybody. You mean Mara out and of, Fenris. Out of, who, who did I say? Agnes. Agnes. I don't remember. Agnes, whatever. <laughs> my brain is not engaging. In my Mara. Brain. Mara and Fenris are going to go try to save and people rescue from the goblin from market. The goblin yeah. market. Yeah. And I, I just, and I want the story. I, I, I know we're probably not going to get it but i would love that story where they kind of go in and just blunder their way through rescuing everybody out of there i think it would be fun um i would totally be down with with everybody i love goblin market stories love goblin market stories what about you sarah what are your feelings on the ending it was good i enjoyed it i thought it was it wrapped everything else else it wrapped everything up neatly um, and I did like how it's like, oh, the Dust Witch and Agnes are sticking together, and then Mara and Sarah Freeze. Okay. Or else she's doing a long con on us. <laughs> I don't think so, because she's I not blinked. So not, yeah. That would be some hardcore holding still she's doing right now. I hate. I wonder if she knows that she's glitched. I'm sure by now she does, but she's got to fix whatever it is because it's not us. You were glitching for me earlier, but we often glitch. Well, she still has not moved. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to decide if I should just like start. Oh, oh. We gone. lost her. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pause. Cut off. So it cut off with... Nope. 
my brain forgot where it cut off, which is funny because the listeners can be like, well, you just, Sarah just said this. Um, we were <laughs> theorizing how long it took you to realize that you had been <laughs> glitching. Um, we were talking about the ending. You had yeah. said the ending was delightful. I was then thinking about a response that, term. that you enjoyed the ending. Right? I, I liked the ending. Know. I thought it was. I didn't use delightful. I don't use oh, that I word often, so I wouldn't remember. <laughs> I don't think I did. Okay. Okay. I think I, I said I liked it. it. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know. It'd be weird if I. Did you have any complaints about the ending? No. Okay. I just, uh... Yeah. So the Fine. other thing I really liked about the ending is at the very beginning, Mara establishes that her and her middle sister do not get along. But it is her middle sister at the end who says, you need to go. You need to not go back to the convent. I want you to not become a pawn like I was. You would not succeed at this. <laughs> and so I appreciate the fact that we get this beginning where Mara thinks that her sister doesn't like her. And we get to the end and her sister's like, you have helped me, so I want to help you. Um, And it was a nice like ending to that opening to me. Alrighty, so Sarah, what do you rate the ending? Eight. That you did not find delightful. Eight? Okay. <laughs> I liked it. I just don't remember using the word delightful. I, I didn't have that strong of feelings on it. Okay. When you, uh, when you get a text message from me that says delightful, you know what you, you, know what you said. <laughs> wait till I listen to it. Yeah. Well, someone else was talking at that point, I guess. <laughs> Kim, what do you give the ending? I'm going to give it a 10. I really, I was very happy at the end of it. I, I give it a 10 too. Okay, mechanics. I think it's solid. Like, the author didn't try to add fluff in order to make a bigger book. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's designed to be shorter. It reads like a fairy tale. Yes, Sarah, you're making a hand motion oh, i was just listening and, and moving oh okay okay um i think and and solidly written well-developed characters well-developed plot i know sarah found the beginning to be like slower um but i think if it was action-packed throughout the entire thing the action wouldn't have such a big impact that it has at the end I found her to be one of the more organized, for lack of a better word, writers that we've ever dealt with. She had a very concise story that she wanted to give, and she was able to tie all the characters in. She was able to hit good plot points. It 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 was slow in the beginning, but I it was all purposeful to set up the fact that these aren't your typical fairy tale heroes. Um, I think without that length of time spent with Mara being reluctant, reluctant to go on her being journey. Reluctant and being 
normal, just being very, very normal. I don't know that it would have hit the same way in the end. Um, and I think that's the skill of the writer. What about you, Sarah? How do you feel about the mechanics? I mean, the second half, I thought the mechanics were good. The first half, I just felt that while it was necessary for the story as a whole, having Mara by herself, just everything was too expository. Um, it was always explaining what she did, summarizing like events that happened. It, we didn't really see these things happening. It was just, I don't know. The way it was done, I was not a fan of. And I thought it was going to be the whole book like that, which is why I was like, oh my lord. This is just going to be like a summary of things happening rather than seeing them happen. Um, and so I was not keen on that part. And it went, okay. again, I don't know how else it could have been done it just it was hard for me to get through without being bored out of my mind okay fair so what do you give mechanics then um a six okay kim i'm gonna go eight and a half okay i'm gonna give it a 10 and i think the big thing that gives me like makes me give it a 10 is that first opening where we are set up that she is clearly doing something and then coming back around to that giving us the world building and then reminding us where we like started why is she doing this thing where she is in a pit with bones building something um and realizing that is truly the true beginning of the fairy tale we're just giving the background as to why the fairy tale is starting there. And I appreciate that. Okay, predictability. I didn't think it was, it was predictable at all in a good way. Um, we always mm -hmm. say that with the predictability. Is it, a, is it predictable in a good way or a bad way? Is it not predictable in a good way or a bad way? I didn't feel this was predictable. But in a good way, because it was a spin on your typical fairy tale because it wasn't the typical heroes. Um, I would never have anticipated it ended up in the catacombs underneath the castle and and <laughs> and never predicted. Well, once once the big fairy godmother was introduced. Nope. Did the I second time. Just Kim. The oh, there time, we go. The second time, you know, when they went to go visit her. Oh, was I glitching that time? Um, a little bit. <laughs> okay. You're good now. So I don't. Yeah, it um, did catch you. We we did, we could hear you. It just okay, paused okay, for okay. a second, and then it like had you on a slight delay. Okay. Um, I knew once the 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 big bad fairy godmother was introduced a second time, killing her was the solution to the problem. Um, so yeah, I I liked it. Okay, Sarah. I agree with Kim mostly. I mean, the tapestry thing felt really obvious when they were in the catacombs. Um, so then at that part, it's just waiting for them to catch up and realize the solution. And that was the only time where it was just like, come on, you know, this is what's going to happen. And then it happened. Um, but yeah, overall, it was. Not 
like Kim said, it's not predictable, but in a good way, if that's mm-hmm. how she phrased it. Yeah. I think here, how do I feel about the predictability? Having read a lot of fairy tales, and I mean, I have read a lot of fairy tales and fairy tale adaptations. I was pleasantly surprised that all of these characters made it out because typically these would be the characters in the fairy tales that become death fodder. And in the catacombs, while I suspected suspected the tapestry would be the key, I was nervous that maybe someone isn't going to get free of the catacombs, that there was going to have to be a sacrifice made in the catacombs in order for the rest to get free. Um, so I found it pleasant in how it played with my expectations of previous uses of these tropes. Um, so I loved it. I loved it. It it anytime I tell anyone about it, I'm like, imagine if all the secondary characters were the focus of a fairy tale. And that's all I tell them. <laughs> so yeah. Uh what do you guys rate predictability then? Sarah. Give it an eight. Okay. Kim. Nine. I give it a ten. I guess Amber's a ten. <laughs> I already said that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, emotional. So, this was a reread for me. And it's not too often that I reread and I have better emotions the second time. I was giggling in my car. I was just like, yes! At moments that I already knew that was going to happen. Like, it, I will happily reread and re-listen to this just to feel that, like, little serotonin boost that it get pure happiness with this story kim tell me the subject again my brain went elsewhere emotional reaction emotional reaction oh i like i said i nearly cried almost really just but i didn't quite go there um no my emotional reaction to this was great i was giggling also not as much as amberly um yeah and i really i really liked the characters Especially that little. Anyway, go ahead. Sarah. I mean, compared to the last one we read, Peter Darling, I had like significantly less enjoyment. Like I didn't have that serotonin boost or whatever dopamine that you're talking about. Um, For this story. I enjoyed it. Yeah, for this story. Okay. Okay. That's what it. I was clarifying. I liked it. Um, but I really didn't have, other than the, the boredom of the first half like I didn't have a strong emotional reaction okay but this is also not your favorite subject yeah meaning fairy tales and fairy tale retellings you you don't enjoy those books as much as you enjoy other books yeah I probably would not pick them up on my own and I, I will say this does not have any of your favorite tropes in it either to like pull you along. I am honestly pleasantly surprised at how much you actually enjoyed this and rated it, given the fact that it literally has nothing that you usually stake your interest on. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was almost a two star. And then I did end up enjoying how the writer 
handled her characters and stories. So it was like, okay, it's actually enjoyable, but not like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever read. Um, oh man, no, so I loved it. Yeah. So what do you rate your emotional reaction? Me? Yeah. Um, I would give it a seven. Okay, that's what I thought. Kim. Ten. I too give it a 10. Readability. I I can understand where you're coming from, Sarah, on the first part. However, I will say with it being such a short book, I don't mind the longevity of the beginning part. Short. That part didn't feel short at all. <laughs> I know, but I, for me personally, I didn't mind it. Yeah. And it felt rewarding to then get to the last part. So I found it easy to read. It was even easier to listen to. Um, and then I have this great cover, like the inside papers are all like bone dog and everything. Like, like, it's just like, I love it. I love the process of reading this story. How, how did it smell, Sarah? Ooh, I don't remember. Oh, no. Let me, give me a sec. I still have it. <laughs> okay, while, you, while you're deciding that, Kim, what was your readability for it? Like, was it easy to read? It was easy to read. It was, it, yeah. And it was comfortable to read. It's, it. it oh, no. What? What's, what's wrong? It was not a great smelling book. Ah. Um, uh, kind of musty, honestly, that copy. Um. Weird because it's not like not mold, but just kind of like it smells like dust and oh. like not the not pleasantly aged pages. Just I don't know. Well, I mean, it's I only know. like a year old, so it and has yet, it developed. It's it nice, much nice, older than that. Nice vanilla smell. Okay, so Kim, what was your response to readability? Sorry. <laughs> All right. No, I was just saying it's kind of funny because uh, a lot of times when I describe books i talk about how comfortable they are and this book was very comfortable it was cozy it was calm it was um even when the action was going on there it was just smooth i don't, I don't know how to describe it but yeah i enjoyed it i really I need to get you guys readable. to read a cozy fantasy <laughs> didn't you i already? mean this is pretty i thought we read one no we read uh but rebecca thorne kind of does cozy fanny but fantasy but doesn't we didn't read her it was rebecca thorne book. uh it was the um, this gilded abyss yeah this gilded what abyss. well that wasn't a fucking cozy fantasy no no we haven't no i, I haven't you guys haven't successfully reading cozy fantasy but that's uh, just because it's one not book only not only was she successful in self-publishing a cozy fantasy it got p picked up for traditional publishing after the fact I just Gilded Abyss is so far from that that it's like I can't but it, imagine. That's, yeah, I, that's the thing. I just, Gilded Abyss I is not. That was the closest we've come to reading a cozy fantasy because she has written cozy fantasy before. I don't think. Wait, so. was it? What about the uh, the the robots, the friggin' robot book? The oh, Living I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, those are cozy fantasy, but like, I don't know. Like, I I, I want to get you guys like more of a fantasy and less of like a science cozy cozy science fiction 
So soft, soft science fiction about science fiction. No, that's what I had robots in it. That may be science fiction. Science fiction. Um. So yeah, like like I'd like to like get legends and lattes in your guys's hands, or can't spell treason without T, or like, like. Sarah, you you could just just be like, okay, yeah, maybe we can try that one day. Yeah, sure. Let's let's give it a try. Just not this year. We already have this entire year planned. I don't know. I got I got an empty spot. I could probably fit it in somewhere. Just I'm sure you could Sarah. take out your Western romance. No. Nope. <laughs> Stick it in. Nope. Because my cozy fantasies aren't romanticies. Such so. a shame. Such yeah. a shame. But I, you know, I have my, you know, gay spots that I could pick or my birthday pick. Okay, come on, let's move on. So, I got options. Maybe I'll make you read both. <laughs> okay, what do you rate readability, Sarah? I didn't even have to talk about readability. Cool. Um, you already talked I... about it. The beginning was slow, yes. but then you didn't mind it. Yeah. And but like, up. well, that was actually mechanics. Oh, okay, fine. It. What's the readability? I would rate it. No, no, no. What What are your feelings on readability? You gonna complain that I didn't let you talk about it? it. The first half was like walking through knee deep mud. It was not fun. Um, the second half was more like you gave it five stars. Through you gave it five stars. You're always calling me out on my negativity and in my talking about it. You gave it this many stars. You gave it five stars. Yeah, for the second half, basically. (laughs) <laughs> but in terms of readability, I do have to consider the fact that I was miserable for the first half. Um, was it really so half? No, it it's like, like a third. It. No, okay. it's only like it a third like... of it, if even that. Well, it felt like it. It felt like a whole book on its own and like a 400 page book on its own. Um, do you? I'm rolling my eyes at you. I'm rolling at my eyes are. so hard. Because this is not a long book, and that first half it's is not, not even the first half. Long. It's like a, the first third. It's like the first sixteen percent, if I remember correctly. Actually, twenty six percent is chapter seven, and that's when they they actually meet the the Dust Witch and her meet in just at the end of the previous chapter, and then it goes into yeah. Them so it's the first fourth, along. not even what, the first yeah. third. Well, I said it's 26%. after she meets the Dust Witch, and they kind of interact more. So not it's. 26 percent 26 percent that happens in the 26 percent mark i know i'm saying i'm not saying it transitions <laughs> the moment they meet i'm saying it happens afterwards after they've been interacting for a fucking while okay i'll give you 30 percent okay <laughs> maybe 35 um, he's not in the mood for us tonight no <laughs> we're too spicy for sarah <laughs> yeah Anyway, okay, six point five. Okay, Kim, what do you give readability? Uh, nine. I give it a ten. What? I know. Okay, now Sarah's least favorite discussion: style. Don't all jump at once. Um, I, I was just trying to think. I don't know that. I, I, well, okay. I'm going to say I think 
that Tink, Tink, Kingfisher has a style, I would have to read another book to really know that it's that when I'm hearing her voice in, in the writing, that it's, it's clear. Um, but this so, is very fairy tale ish. So it's feeling fairy tale ish. So I don't know that that's her style. So I will say this. I have now read five of her books. And I can distinctly hear her voice. Her characters are distinct because she does favor middle-aged characters. She favors this balance between weird situations and humor. And she really loves writing animals. Uh, <laughs> and so I, if someone were to hand me a T. King, T. King Fisher book, particularly the newer ones she's been writing, I haven't read her older stuff. And they're like, can you guess who this author is? I'd be able to look at the length, the voice, the characters, and be like, is this T. Kingfisher? And probably get it correctly. Um, I love how she writes dogs. This is not the first time she's written dogs. And it's it's hilarious. She clearly owns dogs. There's another book where there are vultures. And the vultures are hilarious. Um... Like, it just, yeah, she's got a style. She's got a distinct voice. And she likes to play with, like, common situations and make them a little more uncommon. So, Sarah, what's your feelings on the style? Yeah, it's great. I don't know what to say about style, okay? (laughs) I didn't really have feelings one way or another. I guess... I, did you I get to the to end of this and think hands. did you get to the end of this and think hmm maybe I would be willing to try another T. King Fisher book I mean like gun to the head yeah but I mean Kim, yeah, I Kim's holding the gun to your head then because we will be reading T. King Fisher again this year <laughs> I mean I don't hmm it's the fairy tale aspect part of it that I was like, mm, it's fine. I don't know that I'd want to jump right back into one like that. If she, you know, if her other book that we apparently will be reading is not on the fairy tale spectrum of genre, what am I even saying? And put it in romanticy. Um, what? Romanticy. So July is when you're coming back to see Kingfisher. You wrote the Western one? No, Kim. Kim picked Thornage. Oh. oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, is that a fairy tale one? Just a second. I'm pulling it up. Yes, it is. Somehow Kim ended up with two fairy tales. <laughs> but it's also a horror. Well, <laughs> so it mm, is Thornhedge okay. is a tale of a kind-hearted toad-shaped heroine, a gentle knight, and a mission gone completely sideways. There's a princess trapped in a tower. This isn't her story. Meet Toadling. On the day of her birth, she was stolen from her family by fa- the fairies, but she grew up safe and loved in the warm waters of Fairyland. Once an adult, though, the Fae ask a favor of Toadling: return to the human world and offer a blessing of protection to a newborn child. Simple, right? 
But nothing with fairies is ever simple. Centuries later, a knight approaches a towering wall of brambles where the thorns are as thick as your arm and as sharp as swords. He's heard there's a curse here that needs breaking, but it's a curse totaling, totaling will do anything to uphold. Okay. Well, you know, I think in Goodreads I said that if more fairy tales were written like this book, I would like the genre more. So I guess I'm honor bound to say I guess I would try another book written by her, even though it's a fairy tale style one. So I'm just going to have to trust in what past Sarah said, even though present Sarah isn't as sure about that. Present Sarah is also very tired, so she is cranky. (laughs) Oh, man, that was... That was great. That was great. Thank you. Thank you for that laugh, Hopefully Sarah. Hopefully Sarah gets a little sleep between now and July. <laughs> Maybe. What do you rate style, Sarah? I am looking at the chart right now. Um, oh, it did kind of stand out technically above other fairy tales, so I guess I have to go with eight. Okay. Kim? No, 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 no. I'm going to go nine. What do you think, Emily? I know. Oh, this, is, this is my first hundred. I don't know that I've had a hundred. You have... And I don't really know that I ever will. The closest you got was System Collapse and that you gave a 97. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could give something a perfect score because it's like, is it really a perfect book? And then I would have my doubts. And then I can unequivocally say this is a perfect book. I loved it more the second time I read it. So it's good for you. You gave it a total of 74 points, Sarah. That's like a C. Solid. Kim, you gave it 91 points. Okay. Let's see here, Sarah. This might actually be your third highest rated book. Let me. No, I'm no, saying like seventy-four rating. is actually pretty high for me, all uh-huh. things considered. Yeah. I don't go into the eights that often. It's more the lower part of the chart. Let's see here. I think it's probably a good thing you're not a teacher because you'd be like, "Dude, C, that's solid. That's solid." No. And this, so it this poor is, kid needs needs A's in order to get into the university they want into. It is your fifth highest rated book, Sarah. Out of how many have we done this way? Twenty one. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. We, the ones that beat out over this is System Collapse, Peter Darling, Warrior Girl Under Earth, and The Marrow Thieves. Okay. For Kim. It is your third highest rated book. Your first two are System Collapse and Warrior Girl Unearthed. And spoiler, I'm it was my highest rated. I don't even need to resort it to know. <laughs> it's the only hundred percent you've given, yeah. Yeah, so mine go Nettle and Bone, Warrior Girl Unearthed, The Marrow Thieves, and then System Collapse. 
So, okay. yeah. Oh, and I gotta put all the scores together. Let's see here. What are all our scores? I gave it 100. Kim gave it 91. And Sarah gave it a 74. I think is what I said. Something, I think. You didn't give any points on... No, 74. You didn't give any half points on this. I didn't? Nope. So this got 265 points in total, which turns it into our third highest book. Cool. Yeah. System Collapse and Warrior Girl on Earth are the two higher than this collectively as a group. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So next time... I brought my mic too close to my face. Um, Next time, we're going to be discussing Psyche and Eros. And I'm already expecting Sarah will not enjoy it. Just because. Um, and then we'll be heading into body horror. Because, you know, nothing One. screams a switch like mythic fiction to body horror. <laughs> <laughs> Also, why did you say fun, Sarah, like that? Are you not excited for body horror? I thought you liked body horror. I don't know that I've read a lot of body horror. Well, I mean, I guess I've read some and I've enjoyed what I've read, but I don't know. The options this time around, just nothing really spoke to me. So we'll see. Not even your own pick? Nope. I just went on body horror section in Goodreads and I was like, yeah, I guess that'll do. But like. Okay. Okay. See, I'm excited. I already know one of them I love. Another one I started and I was really excited. And so I paused it so that I could have a natural reaction to it when we read it. And I've never heard of anything about yours. So. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't heard about mine either. Like I said, that was just through Goodreads sorting, I think. Um, so if it's bad, okay. blame Goodreads, not me. <laughs> okay okay well on that note wait sarah you, did you pick two peter pan stories this year did i i hope not no i couldn't have <laughs> what other one are you looking at in june you picked dear wendy oh no no a character's no. name okay wendy, but it has nothing to do okay with Okay. <laughs> I, I was a little confused there for a moment. All right. So on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs>